Welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. And guys, the time is now. We have made it to the big issue 200. And let me tell you, folks, if, like I said in the last episode, if you were not ready for issue 175, take a breather because you're not going to be prepared for what's going to be in store for issue 200. When we say it's game changing, we truly mean that it is a game changer. And who better to take us along than myself, your host, Speed, co-host Aaron with me once more. And of course, the comics just get better and better. That's all I have to say. It it really is stunning that we are going to be hitting Ian's 40-issue milestone with uh, issue 200. And 201, uh, as we are covering 198, 199, 200, 201, and Sonic Universe 5 through 8. So... Just to 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 speak a little bit about, um, I guess, like, sort of the initial start of Ian's run. I mean, obviously, as we we've spoken about, most of it was janitorial duty, and believe me, uh, it turns out that the uh, the back closet was uh, was was a little leaky, <laughs> little little fucked up. Oh so, God, uh, it was. They asked him to go back and uh, do a little bit more, you know, and uh, we'll get to that when we get to Sonic Universe, but um. I think what we're going to talk about today, um, issue 198 and issue 199, there are going to be things, but a lot of discussion is going to be had in issue 200, issue 201, and we're going to have a lot to say about the Sonic Universe comics. Oh uh, yeah, we've definitely got some stuff to say about that. God, <laughs> good lord. But anyway, <sighs> not waste any time. Let's head on right into Sonic the Hedgehog number 198. Flynn wrote and tracy yardley did do the layout as it's credited but the actual pencils were done by one renee delise who is like a a bit of a veteran in the comic book industry her biggest work seems like it was for dc with the book legend of wonder woman okay well well that's that's pretty cool i'm always a fan of that so we open sonic is running alongside a jeep with the rest of the freedom fighters they're near some eggman territory being shot at rotor stops the jeep as sally calls for everyone get out here we got to fight some dark egg legionnaires and their head point Da, wondering why all of her legions stopped the advance she thinks it's possible that whoa whoa maybe we actually stopped the freedom fighters finally for once the tide goes in our favor the day is ours as from behind, Knuckles comes in to say, no, Lamau. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dog, you just got flanked, bro. It's over. GG. Um, I, I feel like we also, I, I feel like this this wasn't, this was kind of foreshadowed last issue, but but just to put it at the front of everyone's minds, this is it. This is the last push that um, Numo, the Numo Metropolis Freedom Fighters and the Chaotix are trying to do in order to take down the Eggman Empire. Like, this is it. This is it. We just stress that, like, I don't know how much harder we can stress that, but yes, this is it. This is, like, the final battle, quote-unquote. Yeah, it's pretty huge. She calls out to support the eastern side, that's where the Chaotix are coming in from, but that leaves an opening for Sonic to come in and destroy her Eggmobile, pulling out her whip to try to do a little bit of damage. I won't be embarrassed by a base Mobian like you. 
Malding out as usual. Yes, yes. Antoine calls to her. Well, look at you, aligning with the Eggman and such viral marks. How you have you no honor? And her only response is, "Don't you dare judge me." But she orders a tactical retreat, pulls back to the perimeter. Charmy being asked by Sally to get everyone to regroup as Tails calls in, saying he's done ahead of schedule and calls for him to meet up with them. It's time to finish this now. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, Dimitri comes to Eggman, saying the Legion is being severely punished. Support is needed. Eggman, of course, dripped up with the scarf, saying that it's his cue to come in. Dimitri says that while he accepts the personal touch, there's no reserve Badnik horde. Yeah, no, uh, Enerjack saw to that. Not that I would use them right now. So he walks into the hangar, saying that the rodent has pushed things too far with me. I will be the end of him. That's that. Back at the Badlands, the Dark Egg Legion are cornered, laying down preparing rocketmen and riflemen. Start to prepare some fire, boys. So Sally calls for the Freedom Fighters and the Chaotics, stay together. They outnumber us even if they're cornered. And as Lane opens fire, Sally tells Tails, do your thing. He pushes a button on a remote, and a sound of electric fizzle runs through the ground, and the Legionnaire's weapons won't fire. Sally says that their weapons were deactivated. Surrender peacefully. And we can end this. Just as from the nearby Egg Dome, a fireball is thrown in. And that reveals a plane of some kind. Lays fire all throughout the area. Chaotix and Freedom Fighters taken cover. And while the Legion is retreating again, Charmy says to Sally, Bunny, make another force field if you can. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, I'll pass out. So... Uh, everybody scatter. More flames are thrown down as this happens. And then we move inside. We see Snively and Dimitri watching remotely. They they kind of see Eggman as actually the winning one on this side. Dimitri commenting that Eggman came very close to firebombing my people back there. And Snively says, eh, collateral damage. Uh, yeah, I, don't I, don't a, I don't give a fuck. Now, this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> like, really interesting. Yeah. So Dimitri basically says, oh, but you should. The doctor holds over my destruction. I hold yours as well. And then Snively kind of shits his pants. He's like, okay. And this is where we start to learn a little bit more about what's been going on. Mr. Dimitri has been doing some snooping in the network. You know, he's trying to find a way to protect his people, obviously because they all have fucking bombs in their head. And they found out about her and all the little conversations, the correspondences, and the treason talks. Mm. But Snively actually kind of brushes this off and says, well, why would you tattle on me when we both could benefit from her arrival? Now, back out in the Badlands, the Freedom Fighters and Chaotix are holding on for the bombardment. They have no plans, no ideas, but Tails comes up with a suggestion. Why don't we try using the neutralizing mines I used on the Dark Egg Legion? The caveat is that if we do that, these mines have to be exactly on the plane. So Sally gets an idea. A little while later, Sonic shouts to Eggman to get his attention, quickly dodging the hit, screaming that he got his attention. And so Sonic runs to Vector, who throws him up in the air, then gets clear. Knuckles catches him and continues the launch up. Then to Tails, launching him again. Bunny, launching him again. All as Eggman's Eggs Phoenix follows by, by flying straight up. And Sonic is on the cockpit, basically, saying, You know, Doc, from having flown the tornado, I should warn you about flying straight up. You run the risk of scalding out as the engines give out, about to start leaving the planet's atmosphere from the looks of it. And as it falls, seriously, dude, you're supposed to be a genius here, right? 
as Eggman mocks, don't you dare mock me. I'll burn all of you to the ground. All of you. To which Saffron, Charmy, and Ray fly in right on top of the ship, planting mines as it comes back near the ground. And as it regains control, it's coming right for Sally and Tails. She's screaming at him to turn it on, but they have a limited range. And as it comes in, basically on top of them, Tails flicks the remote on, stopping the phoenix in its tracks, and Eggman is pissed as it goes out of control and slams into a rock formation. And Eggman, we just see babbling. How is it? It's not possible. And he's just growling to himself as he launches his his escape pod, leaving the machine to explode. And, and Sonic got caught in the explosion, but, you know, he's fine. Just medium rare, so he says. <laughs> and Sally gives the all clear for Rotor to come in and put in the shield generator. And as they're, you know, they're setting up, Sonic asks, is like, wow, is is this really it? I mean, yeah, you know. Sally says, we got to the Egg Dome's perimeter, we drove back the Legion, we survived another of Eggman's killer machines. To which he says, oh yeah, I guess it is a full day for you people, huh? To which Sally just takes it out on the shoulder and like, yeah, 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 shut the fuck up, go set up camp. <laughs> I, I love the fact that it's like, she's so over it. She's just so over his fucking shit. It's like, goddamn. It, yeah, at the same time, it's like, you know what, I can't really say anything. You kind of earned this. Just shut up, go away. <laughs> go away, bitch. <laughs> Rotor and Mighty turn on a box. They created a barrier as they set up their sleeping bags inside. And as they're about to head to sleep, Sonic says to Tails, you, you nervous, buddy? Well, yeah, this is it, huh? Tomorrow when we attack, it'll be over. One way or another, it'll be the end of the war. Yeah, it's about time too, but don't worry. We say the day a hundred times over, and we'll get it right this time too, as the sun sets over New Megapolis. Meanwhile... Eggman returns to his base, Snively and Dimitri inside, asking if he's all right, seeing as he's smoldering. And all he says is, shut up! Round up the Dark Alliance! Legion! Whatever! They have work to do! Tomorrow is it! To which Snively and Dimitri look at each other, agreeing, it certainly will be. That's the end of 198. The calm before the storm, veritably. And now, we'll move on to Sonic number 199. Flynn wrote, Yardley did the art fully. The next morning, everyone's waking up and packing up. Rotor says he couldn't really sleep, you know. So he was working to set up the link to New Mobotropolis. And Sonic doesn't understand what he means. Sally's saying, well, actually, right now we're setting up a live stream. So people in New Mobotropolis <laughs> can keep everyone informed to the minute. Because, you know, today is the day, of course. Of course, of course. To which Sonic asks, like, oh, was this one of Hamlin's ideas? Nope, it was all me, all Sally. The people have a right to know, after all. So Nicole comes in from Sally's PDA. The monitors are online and sync. Give us an audio check. And Sonic just peers in. Hi, Mom. As the whole of New Mobotropolis is gathering in the town square to watch, what if I have to say, Sonic the Hedgehog IRL Twitch streamer arc. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready for it, man. Like, or, you know, Sally E-Girl Twitch streamer arc. We could We could also have that, too, you know. This was this was obviously like two thousand like nine two thousand eleven ish. Oh really? This is twenty eleven. Yeah. So like live oh streaming God. is like becoming a live thing. streaming. Live streaming is like in its birthing birthing years. You want to know how old I am, guys? Number number one, I was there when Justin TV became Twitch TV, I, and I mean that literally. I was watching a live stream on Justin TV, and I refreshed it, and it became Twitch TV. I um. 
I was around in the pre-Justin.tv days. Ustream was mm. the only streaming website, and that was hysterical. Yeah, that, that was a special, wasn't it? And yeah. I mean, do you remember this? Do you remember when it used to be called casting, not streaming? Yes, I do. Oh, God. We really are in better days. <laughs> we, we, we have progressed in, in technology so much, Jesus Christ. All right, but... Sally checks in with Julie Sue. Her cybernetics are synced to Nicole. We'll, uh, she'll be the update for the chaotic side, so looks like we're ready to go. And Rotor, I'll keep things online from the back. And Sonic says, let's do it to it. A good callback. Good callback. Good callback. Sally, Freedom Fighters, Chaotix, let's take down the Eggman Empire. Now we move to inside the Egg Dome. Lane Da is rallying the Legion. The enemy has begun the assault. Team Fire, Entry Point Alpha. Team Ice, Entry Point Beta. You guys are the front lines. Every piece of material you got goes to the barricade outside the core chamber. Follow Eggman's blueprints to the letter. Not that they make sense, but they got a plan and it's better than nothing. As Dimitri comes in from the shadows, saying the plan does in fact make sense. Oh, what do you mean? A barricade with a hole just big enough for Sonic to get through? No, 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 not that. The real plan. Oh. I mean, it's still risky. Can we really trust Snively? We don't know anything about her except what he told us. Well, as the saying goes, granddaughter, any port in a storm. Until then, we follow the doctor's orders to the T. Our people need to come out of this unscathed. Then the heroes will be his problem. So now outside, we're seeing Bunny and Mighty just pummeling a metal door to make a pathway. Sonic prepping a spin dash, Amy launches him with her hammer, and with a hole made, he's in. Coast is clear. So, once all inside, Freedom Fighters, West Hall. Sonic is on point. Chaotix, you got the East Hall. Julie Who, keep me posted. The Freedom Fighters make their way through the Legionnaires as they encounter them. Sonic's saying he can't really stomp on them like badniks, but you're fun to jump on regardless. And Amy's just like smashing her way through, just thrilled to be, as she says, in the battle with the love of her life. And Tails is, ignores that part, but he says, yeah, it's pretty nice. You know, last time we were all basically prisoners for the last, you know, the last real big fight, which is referencing the big issue 50, which is a very interesting issue to compare it to. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting that that comparison is brought up. Um, I know I'm really not saying much, but I feel like a lot of this is very explanatory we're gonna we're gonna have a lot more to talk about in issue 200 i promise oh yes but, we're we're setting up right now yeah we're setting up but i think it is important to um to begin the parallels to issue 50 um you know moving slightly further ahead um something that you'll notice is that there are a lot of you know reflection moments in this in this issue that the characters are talking about how much they've grown and how much they've changed and the people they've become and all of the time that's passed and it's like yeah things are really different now mm -hmm. and the character arcs of of all of of all these characters are they're they're coming out in like the, full force much like seeing a child grow up it really really makes me feel something it does it, it hits a little different I'm not yeah. gonna lie so, with the Legion down, Sonic says, keep up the pace, guys. Bunny and Antoine, you're fighting on your own. But Bunny does mention that Tails did make a good point. You know, we're all here together now. And Antoine says, yeah, you know, back then the last time, we didn't make it out of the prison camp and down under almost, huh? Well, Sonic says, yeah, well, I got you all beat. I was dead. 
Which Bunny just only says, like, oh, stop, you're horrible. God, I fucking hate you, Ken. I hate you so fucking much. <laughs> Sally just says, keep the pressure up. Don't keep the chaotic waiting. And on their side, Vector comments how Julie Sue, how do you feel about fighting your old comrades, huh? Which her only response is, what, do you ever get tired of being so dense? The Legion stopped being my comrades a long time ago. Yeah, but you still got their tech in your head. But Vector and Julie Sue shout at the same time behind you and take out a respective Legionnaire. And both thank each other. Let's not make a habit out of rescuing each other. Yeah, we don't want people thinking we like each other. Which again, <laughs> again, another moment of reflection to see how they've grown as characters. Espio and Mighty are cornered by laser fire. Mighty's guarding himself with his shell as Charmy, Saffron, and Ray fly in to come to the rescue. The three take out the Legionnaires, shooting at them. Espio and Mighty comment, well, how do you like that? The ones we swore to protect end up saving us. Knuckles and Julie Sue got some on the run, but Julie Sue asked Knuckles if he's okay. You know, can you go through with all this, Knuckles? And he says, look, even if they are the last of our kind, they're still working for Eggman. We have to stop them. If anything, this is for their own sake. Yeah? Are you with me? Always. So with that cute little moment, it is a little bit of a passing moment. They are about to enter a hangar as they're stopped by Dimitri. That's far enough, children. Now, for a brief reprieve, let's move to Snively's room. Lane Daw comes in with a report. Teams Fire and Ice are losing on schedule. Alpha and Beta have fallen into... Are you wearing cologne? <laughs> okay, wait. I have to point this out. The fact that he's, he's such a little fuck that he actually put, he put on the cologne. <laughs> he... My man, he, he said, he said, I got a hot date. I got a hot date, bro. I got a hot date. And he comes out saying, well, yes, of course, this was a gift from her region of the world. It's quite the scent, isn't it? And she says, yeah, you could say that. But your nose is bigger than mine. How can you stand that? And Sively, yet one more thing you animals will never understand about my kind, which I have to say, we have not seen a racism in the comics for a while. A nice return to form. <laughs> <laughs> Sniffly big racism against Mobians. Uh, this is this is oddly in character. Yeah. So Snively <clears throat> Snively leaves, tells her to direct the Legion to move on to phase two. And she complies as she coughs. We then see the Freedom Fighters being cornered by laser blasts from the Legionnaires, broken up by their momentum, she says. She didn't want to use the trump card so early, but Bunny, make the shield. Sonic, go in low. Tails, you go in high and but he calls out, Sonic does. Yeah, scrap the plan. The Legion just retreated and made the way for us. Meanwhile, Vector comes in behind with Knuckles and Julie Sue and Dimitri. Hold on, Vector. Dimitri, you gotta move. Is that your command, Guardian? At over 600 years, I am a well of information. I am one of the last echidnas alive. And I am almost that's left of what is your family. You risked your life to save me once before. And if I refuse, will you make me move? Yes. <laughs> Edmund's convictions live on in you. Good luck, nephew. As he retreats away back into the shadows. Obviously, this is probably because Dimitri got the, the, the comm link to, you know, move back. But I do, I actually do like this moment. Dimitri shows respect to Knuckles, obviously, because, you know, all right, you got the balls. You got it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do, but like... I fuck with it. You're good. 
You're good. You're okay. It's all. It's all. It's all Gucci. Uh, peace. Peace. <laughs> and, and Vector just only asked, "Hey, what was that about, dude?" And Knuckles just says, "Man, I don't know." The Freedom Fighters and the Chaotix meet in the middle. Sonic noting that they just didn't seem like they were putting up a serious fight. But Bunny just says, I, I think we're owed an easy win. Come on now. And Tail sees the barricade that's made into the room. It's made of all junk, but it looks structurally sound. What's up with, what's up with this hole near the ground, though? As Espio comes out of it, turning off his camouflage, saying it's a bottleneck and an invitation. Explain that. Well, most of us could squeeze through no problem, but we'd be easy to single out. However, Sonic can spin dash through it quickly, hence invitation. And Sonic is rearing to go, but Sally stops him and asks, but asks him to think. We could spend our energy, right? We could spend all of our energy, Sally, tearing it down, but we then we'd have to fall back. And then what? Wait for a counterattack? Let Eggman run for it? Or I go in, I start the show. And you guys back me up. Kind of like how it's been for the whole war. And all <laughs> Sally can do, she just says, buddy, rush in, gives him a hug, just be careful out there. Knuckles, our man, gives Sonic the fist bump. Have some fun for us, True Blue. Yeah, don't take too long, Rad Rad. Call, again, a call back to their older uh, nicknames they used to call each other back in the old days. And Tails, you go find that structural weak point for us, alright? And Amy... Be careful. As she just rushes in, kissing Sonic's cheek. Be careful, Sonic. I love you. And all he only says is like, okay, thanks. <laughs> he takes the position. See you guys on the other side. He spin dashes and makes it in through fast enough. And he's encountered by the Dark Egg Legion. But they're, they meet him on both sides of his body, saluting him and direct his way. Sonic says, this is a little weird. I can see wanting the, the Doc wanting to have a showdown, but Jesus Christ. I'll have to ask once I'm done overthrowing this empire. <laughs> Meanwhile, Snively, Lenda, and Dimitri are watching Sonic make his way. Snively says that this anticipation is just, oh, it's just killing him. Ordering Lenda, make sure the Legion holds the Freedom Fighters and the Chaotix until he's sealed in with Eggman. And Dimitri, wait for me at the landing bay at the top of the Egg Dome. And they both not only accept his orders, but they salute him with reverence. Hmm. Mm. So, Sonic comes to a small room shaped like a cylinder. Well, nowhere to go but in, and nowhere to go but back. Why didn't he just put a big lit sign saying, This way to the trap? <laughs> Sonic enters, door slams shut. Aw, no repeat of your armor from last time. And then we see Eggman coming down this chamber in a spider mech. This is the end of it, Rodent. You won't leave this room alive. Big words, big man. Let's fucking go! And that's the end of Sonic number 199, folks. We're here. We did it. We've... We did it. The big. The big. The big. The big. Issue 200. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. Of course, it is, of course, yet another milestone issue. It is... Milestone issues are really interesting because it does give the opportunity to have like this big fanfare moment for the book as a whole. I know we've said this a lot, but like this truly is a game changer. So let's not hold back anymore. We open on the mech. Eggman proclaims, "Sonic, you have been a pain in the in my neck for fifteen years. No more." 
and Sonic is just a uh, nonplussed about uh, it. Uh, okay, okay, all right. So basically, what begins is um, what I would like to call a back and forth. But instead of a back, it starts off less as a back and forth and more of a uh, more of like a verbal beatdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eggman sort of starts just going off. Basically saying that he is Dr. Ivo Robotnik, the most brilliant mind in the history of the world. Everything he says is law, and it's because he conquered the whole fucking planet. Do you remember old Mobotropolis? The veritable capital of the world. It fell to me in a matter of minutes. And do you remember my ultimate victory? Would I ground you into the ashes of Knothole? He's beaten Sonic before. He can do it again. All while Sonic sits there and says, Impressive resume, Doc. You missed a couple of very important points, though. Like how a group of kids, with no real training, took back that city and croaked, more or less. Yeah, okay, but I came back and I took the city back, right? Eggman says, and he's like, uh, for what? A month? Tops? <laughs> and then you goofed it and let the whole thing get nuked by missiles. And also, like, fun fact, the slag now powers new Mobotropolis, so thanks. Yeah, you know, uh, Eggman's response is, of course, just shut up. It's very clear that something is starting to seem a little different. This isn't the quick wit and the fast comebacks that we're usually known for. Eggman. No, he seems desperate. You know, so Sonic continues. And about that empire of yours, you know about all the places you don't control, right? To which Eggman, of course, responds that they're trifles. They're specks on the, wind sh on, on the windshield, right? Sonic replying, saying, you know, are you in denial? The United Federations alone ha ha has at least half a dozen city-states in it. And then there's all the freedom fighter groups fighting all over the world every day. And you aren't too popular in the regions you don't outright control. You can't really claim to control the planet when you're fighting for it in your every waking hour. Sure, you beat me fair and square not long ago. I'll give you the props for that. But how many badniks have I stopped? Sonic says as he delivers a nice homing attack. How many times have I sent you packing? Another homing attack. Eggman now saying stop it. And finally... He comes up directly to the cockpit, simply to say, I've beaten you before, Eggman, a lot, and I'll do it again. Now stop here. I want to press something here. This speech is the reversal of the speech from 175. Because as we remember, oh, do we remember, Eggman coming to Sonic beating him down, saying that, yeah, you may have beaten me every now and again, but is the world truly any more free than it was five years ago? But now... 25 issues later, here's the response. That may be true, Eggman, but every day is another crack in your empire. Every day. The beauty of this speech is that, it, as Speed said, it is a perfect response to what Eggman brought forth. The fact that, yeah, the Eggman empire has done horrible things, but the truth is, the reality of the situation, that, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of Mobius... Is the Eggman Empire really that much of a threat? Is it? Because it really isn't. The more you look at it from Sonic's perspective, people are arguably more safe than ever. Eggman is on the decline, and 
it just seems like everything's kind of falling apart. And, well, I mean, it's very clearly obvious that the Dark Legion has something planned and Snively has something planned. So what, like, like what, what is there, what is there to fear? What is there? Is there anything to fear? Because that's kind of the big thesis here. Sonic doesn't fear Eggman anymore. There's nothing to be afraid of. He's just a guy trying to take over the world and failing because of his incompetency. Mm. In response to the speech, Eggman, we're starting to see a little loosening, a little more loosening. He's stuttering in his anger, just saying, just a boy, stupid rodent, as the spider sends a grappling hook out to the ceiling, spins its legs under Sonic. No more games. I'll end it all. And you, you can only beat the odds for so long before they beat you. And as he dodges the blades, going up the wall and cutting the rope off, he's hit by a leg, but to nothing. He sees a little, a little soft underbelly spot, but Eggman quickly turns it around and makes Sonic hit a leg. And he recovers, fine, fine. You want to do it the hard way? We'll do it the hard way. And he runs up the wall again, only saying, blasted, manic, perpetually moving animal. And so it climbs up after Sonic. He jumps down, slams it into the wall, falling upside down again. And Eggman, as it falls, is just screaming, No, 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 stop it, stop it! And Sonic cuts through the legs as it falls. Eggman's screaming again, I forbid you, I command you to stop! As it lands. Sonic says, Are you ready to surrender? Can't, won't, let, not this time! and unleashes a barrage of lasers, Sonic dodging and returning again, cutting off the legs at the joints, and Sonic continues to burrow through the mech, Eggman going beat for beat to the panels. I, I hate, hate that hedgehog! The last panel is the most important. Sonic blasting through the mech's core, a piece of glass over Eggman's face, cracked as the mech falls to pieces in the next panel. Sonic saying, well, that was cathartic, but ending the lifelong duel would do that, wouldn't it? You hear me, Eggman? You're done. Now this is where it gets kind of uh, fucked. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, Eggman is uh, screaming into the mech. Uh, Sonic, you know, firing back with another tort about leave the speeches about winning the day and conquering evil the sally and i'll be content with yeah yeah and i win before eggman just screams gutturally his eyes on full display fully caved in black with little red dots from that sonic is just clearly like freaking the fuck out eggman is rolling around on the floor, grabbing his mustache. Sonic is being legitimately concerned of, like, uh, Eggman? And in this state, Eggman rips the mustache off his face. And Sonic, Sonic winces to that. Hey, hey Doc? Doc? Doc Robotnik? Yo, uh, Ivo! And Eggman charges at him, trying to swing his fist. Sonic quickly dodges. Hearing Sally's voice come from behind as Eggman collapses and just rolls around again. We come in as, we came in as fast as we could, Sonic. Bunny and Mighty just... Robotnik? Yeah, Bunny and Mighty, they did what now? They... 
they they pulled the doors apart just now, and the Dark Egg Legion fell back a few minutes while you ran ahead, and Eggman is still screaming as all this is happening. So she decides to address the elephant in the room. Sonic, what did you do to him? I just peed him like I always do. And then the third party enters. Snively. You did more than that. You didn't just beat him this time, Sonic. You broke him. Snively decides to explain. Eccentrics aside, he really is a genius. He can build the most amazing things and plot a hundred steps ahead. The world fell to his brilliance in a few short years. And then there's you. All the building, calculating, and planning in the world couldn't beat you. It's been gnawing at his mind for over a decade now. His defeat at New Metropolis shook him the hardest. He's been losing his grip for days now. He simply could not take one more defeat at your hands. To which Sally responds, So, what now? Now? Now you leave me to take care of my poor uncle. Now you go home and celebrate. So that's where the rest of the Freedom Fighters and the Chaotix come in. And Mighty's just like, wow, did I hear that right? Is it over? Yeah, it's it's done. We won. So let's pause. Eggman snapping was not something I expected when I first read this around the time of its release. I don't think anybody expected this. So obviously we all kind of expected that Eggman would kind of go a little loco because his mental state was clearly worsening. But for him to just break and just not be able to process it is pretty insane. What makes it even more interesting is the fact that when you think about the context of 175 and the fact that Sonic was beat the fuck down and still got back up and Eggman got beat the fuck down and he just snapped. It's just so unnerving. Like, it's a little... I mean, it's a milestone issue. I obviously recommend you guys read it. But, like, honestly, the art really sells it because as, like, conversations are just going on in this scene, like... You just kind of see Eggman, like, rolling around and just, like, making unintelligible sounds. It's just, like, I kind of wish this was, like, animated. Because if this was, like, an episode of, like, Sad in the alternate universe where Sad AM just went on forever, and this was an ultimate episode of the TV show, like, this would have scared some kids. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that this is the direction they want to take Eggman for the time being, um, obviously putting him on the back burner, because, you know, again, we did experience a time period in this comic where Eggman did not exist. But the fact that that period is now back for, obviously, an indiscriminate amount of time, and the fact that, that Eggman's mind shattered so hard from this loss... Is going to be out of commission and he's not going to be in, in control of things. Is just it's it's a it's a pretty crazy twist. Which again, call back to issue fifty once more because right at the end, issue fifty, defeat of Eggman of Robotnik once and for all, and now here we are again. It's kind of like it's all a circle, you know. It's all yeah. Smooth. It's uh, took us one hundred fifty issues, a change of creative heads, uh, a lot of bad comics, but um, yeah, uh, Eggman is is kind of done. The follow-up to the Freedom Fighters coming through is, uh, you know, people cheering on Sonic. But Sonic obviously is not looking too happy about this. He's, he's, uh, he's just kind of staring off into space, not reacting to anything around him. Yeah. Sally asking if Nicole got all that. And uh, yeah, everyone did. And uh, people are dancing, cheering, and crying in the streets. 
because the war is over. Which I, I have to say, I know for a fact that they did not see the results of the fight or even the fight itself because i know if they did they the people would probably be shocked or maybe this really is just a twitch chat and everyone's just going pog you <laughs> pog you <laughs> <laughs> to continue from that uh sonic is walking out of the uh the egg dome answering tails and amy's questions about the fight but again they come off as very you know passive right he's he's obviously saying that it was an obvious trap and it was whatever, and, you know, he came down in his robot spider, and he thrashed it, right? And Sonic and Tails and Amy are just, you know, they're swooning over it, right? But Amy asks, are you okay, right? And he callously responds, you know, just tired from kicking some robot Nick, I guess. But, you know, Sonic does take another look back, and he just, he keeps thinking about this. This wasn't how it was supposed to end, no, it wasn't some glorious final victory where Sonic gets his one-up moment and truly stops Eggman forever. This was this was the this was the mental breaking point of a brilliant scientific mind into nothing. And obviously none of the other freedom fighters have any context to the situation. Did they even see Eggman? Now that I think about it. Barely. Or- no, no, no. The only one who really saw um sa- uh, saw it was was Sally. Oh god, that's that's fucked up. Ian, this is fucked up. <laughs> it is it is it is very fucked up. So Sally calls for uh everyone to help Rotor pack and head for home. And uh a short little heart to heart is had by Sonic and Sally here. You know, Sally asks, Are you gonna be okay? And Sonic responds, of course, with I guess, and you know, further bringing <laughs> what what we just talked about, he says, I, I didn't think it'd end like this. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. I mean, now what do I do? Sally's response is, of course, that's an adventure in itself, right? Uh, Trusting me, fulfilling your duty, and moving on can be a good thing. And we have a nice little half shot of the page. Freedom Fires and the Chaotix are running back to the new Mobotropolis in victory. And even Sonic trying to, like, put on a good face for his friends. And meanwhile... We see Eggman in a straitjacket, padded cell, babbling about Sonic and his defeat. Meanwhile, Snively's on the other side of the door, peering in. There, there, dearest uncle, the Mobians are gone now. Shh. And don't worry about your empire. I found just the person to handle things, and we'll be very happy ruling it together. So just stay cozy and crazy, you bloated idiot. Now's my turn. And outside, a pink blimp is about to land. Dimitri ordering the Legion to ready the mooring lines. Let's greet our new benefactor with glee. Dimitri also warning Snively, You better not turn your back on us now. I've risked too much for my people. And if she does not provide... Save your idle threats, Dimitri. Your choice in loyalty will be rewarded. And so, he turns. Dark Egg Legion, allow me to introduce you to our new masters... The Bride of the Four Houses, Ruler of the Iron Dominion, and now the Eggman Empire, the Iron Queen. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this right now. Holy fuck, this was a crazy twist. Okay, so it's like the meme image of uh, Ian Flynn is in the car, right? And it's the, and it's the highway where it's like uh, continuing Sonic plot. 
and fuck it, we ball. And it's just <laughs> Ian Flynn hit that fucking, that turn harder than anybody could say. And he said, fuck it, we ball now. This is a crazy twist. Not only because the Iron Queen was a character that nobody thought would ever come back, but the fact that we are now drawing from a one-off issue and now turning the central antagonist into her with Snively. What? This is this is such a cool twist. Not only because it's very obvious that Snively and the Iron Queen have some sort of, you know, very fucked up uh, relationship going on right now, right? By the way, she's also a married woman. We'll get into that. Oh, yeah. The, the Iron King exists, uh, if you do not remember from our coverage of that issue. But, um, yeah. So, uh, Snively is not only uh, cucking another man. Uh, the fact that um, he was able to pull this off is kind of crazy. But, but yes, I, I love this twist because it takes things in a really, really, really weird direction that you would not expect. And, of course, it goes without saying, but I want to bring it up. Snively has, has lived the dream of the 21st century man by having his e-girl become a real girl. Let's give it up for Snively. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Snively! We're proud. We're proud, brother. We're very, very proud. He he is truly an icon for men everywhere. He's he is he is he is showing the Sigma male grinds. <laughs> um I I do I do like that that Snively in his classic um manipulation and underhandedness was able to pull this off. And I think that it's very, very interesting that we have gone this route. Uh, amongst all the other routes that 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 have been chosen. So, all right. Well, um, that's issue two hundred, and uh, oh boy, game changer or what, guys? Yeah, pretty pretty big pretty big change. Come on, case. you think we would lie to you? We're your friends. We parasocial relationships. We are your friends. We hang out. Yeah, bro, we hang out. It's okay. You can trust me with your three wacky numbers on the back of the credit card. <laughs> Okay, so parasocial relationship memes aside, um, we move on to Sonic the Hedgehog, issue 201. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team, of course. Some time has passed since the, uh, the incident, and Sally just decides, Sonic, you need a change of pace. You, you need to pick me up. So she drags him to the arena. You know, he's not wanting to be there, really, but, you know... He's not moping around, so it's just, you know, it's, it's an eh. There's a concert going on to celebrate the victory, and, you know, Sonic does need to pick me up. So they go sit next to Tails and the rest of the Freedom Fighters. So I just asked, like, are you worried about Eggman? You know, this isn't the first time we defeated him. Sonic did see the man fall apart in front of him. Yeah, it's it's re it's reasonable for him to be like kind of fucked up. By yeah, like it. Sonic Sonic literally says like, "Bro, this hit different." Literally. Yeah, I mean, he is an excuse. I, I think it's also important to note that he doesn't excuse the unspeakable things that he's done either, right? And he's like, "I'm not making any sense right now, am I, Sally?" And he's like, uh, "Well, we'll 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 talk about it later." But just listen to Mina's music; she'll probably put you in a better mood. And then we turn to the stage. Mina introducing her band, the Forget Me Nots, the not spelled N O T S in honor to Not Hole, of course. She's back from the world tour, and guys, are you ready to rock? And the crowd roars as she screams, Let's get this party started. As a bolt of lightning strikes Mina dead center. 
now we have the return of a uh, of a character we have not seen in a very 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 long time so fellas it, the iron queen right she had her own hero she had to deal with right we we, we met him before but here he comes in the man himself monkey khan yes monkey khan is actually back which is fitting because he was tied to that singular story and of course like ian flynn always does he makes him a pretty good character uh but this version of monkey khan is very much in line with the original so he's a massive fucking douchebag <laughs> he comes in and he is surprised to see the people of Numa Metropolis just partying. Because you guys are supposed to be the beacon of Mobius. How dare you act like this while the rest of the world suffers? Where are the so-called heroes of Mobius? I want you charlatans to look me in the eye and tell me why you're so great. And just when I thought post-Eggman life would be boring, Sonic says. Meanwhile, we see Espio in his house. He's meditating. But his concentration is broken seeing the lightning at the Colosseum and runs to check out the situation. Put a pin in this. We'll, we'll check back on Espio. Ironically enough, uh, we are going to let you know that Espio is actually a central character in this arc, which is not something we get to see often. Espio is often used as a side character. And I think the fact that Ian takes this 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 little moment, this little this little pocket as a way to sort of work with him as a character is very cool. But like we said, we'll, we'll talk more about this in a bit. So let's continue with Sonic fighting Monkey Khan. You know, uh... <laughs> he, he homing attacks Khan, but blocks with his staff. He says, it's nice to see things haven't changed from the last time we met each other. I still haven't paid you back for the problems you caused me a year ago. And Khan replies, well, you're still the same ego-driven, self-centered idiot. I remember how you won these people over is beyond me. And while the two are about to clash once again... Sally runs in between them, screaming, cut it out, as the two stop in their tracks. Sonic, what the hell are you doing running into a fight? This is not helping. And Khan, if you have a grievance with us, tell it to us civilly and not with a light show. So after Khan takes a breath, Sally, after you guys defeated Eggman, the Empire didn't collapse. In fact, all you really did was change hands of who was in charge. The doctor's off his throne, yes, but now she's in control. Then we move to the Iron Throne Room in the Egg Dome, Snively introducing the Iron Queen as the new Empress of the Eggman Empire, and she's getting a report from one of her lackeys, Conquering Storm of the Yagyu Clan, a Mobian Lynx. Yeah, this city is fucked. The city's fucked up. Only the Egg Dome is really operational. And as the Iron Queen says, well, I'm sure we have this cute little steward to thank for that, don't we? And Snively is a little flustered, saying, oh, yeah, I, I do my best. And the Iron King, who is, you know, like I mentioned, her husband and also a, a Mobian bull, pinning that, complains, why do we have to leave the Iron Dominion for this trash heap? And he also doesn't like how friendly she is to Snively. And I don't even like how he likes how he's breathing for the matter either, which freaks Snively out. And she says, listen... This is temporary. We'll be moving the capital of the Empire to the Dragon Kingdom soon. And Snively's just like, well, uh, uh, not all is lost, my king. All weapons in the ruins can be part of your personal collection. And uh, sweating all the while, his only response is just a breath of air being thrown in his face. Which, fellas, look, I have to say, all right, I'm sorry to say it, but I have to say it. Here we see a, a woman, a very powerful, strong woman who I adore greatly. 
uh, Snively is the cuck king in this situation to her husband, who is a literal bo- look. <laughs> wait, wait! I didn't fucking realize it. I did not realize it. Look, I did not realize look, it. Listen, I'm just saying. Is this a coincidence? I don't know. You tell me. Hey, I'm gonna need to call up Ian on this one, man. Ian, you gotta, you gotta get on the phone with me. Was this intentional? Was this, was this real? Did you, did you plan for this? Did you plan for this? Because if you did. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my God. Okay. All I'm going to say about this is it's very funny. The fact that the Iron King is essentially a boomer. <laughs> He's just an angry boomer. And by the way, uh, it's this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, it is kind of implied that he is aware of like the iron queen and snively's like little relationship he actually like doesn't really care all that much this is purely like a legal political relationship that this is and um he the he only cares in so much that ends if that if this relationship ever became co- public knowledge it would just be embarrassing for him yeah pretty much he he fucks off and he basically says that he's looking for stuff of use because the army is so weak here to which dimitri arrives Right on time. The Iron Queen uh, addresses Dimitri by his full title. Uh, Dimitri replies that uh, he is a humble supporter. Of course, Dimitri pleads his case of the fact that the cybernetics within them have a remote bomb trigger. And the only thing that really needs to be said is uh, we want these things out. We We don't want our fucking lives hanging by a ticking time bomb. To which the Iron Queen says that she's already reviewed the plight and that she was afraid that the doctor's work was too thorough. She can't remove the explosives. But what she can do is that she's made a microchip that will disable the detonator signal and will thus still be providing your people with their freedom. You just have to install them into all of your people and may my blessings be with them. Dimitri sneers a little. He's... he knows... So, something's something's a little wrong here mm-hmm. right of course the the panel next to to that is the iron queen and uh snively also sneering clearly plotting something uh as dimitri takes the case of cybernetics that will disable the explo- the, the detonator signal and says i will at once you have my utmost thanks my queen I have to say, villain on villain violence, you hate to see it. You do. You hate to see it, man. So this is where things get a little fun. A little little, little, little fun. A little fun. Mm -hmm. Snively. Of course. Poor trusting fool. The Iron Queen. And at last, we're alone. Now, of course, like any Sigma male would do, Snively hops up into the lap of the Iron Queen. And, uh, you know, the two of them start parading around how brilliant they are and how everything is working out so splendidly and how it won't be very long now until we'll crush the rebels in New Mobotropolis, dispose of my oath of a king, and rule the world with an iron fist. Now, I also want to point something out here. It could have been so easy. It could have been so easy to have Regina... Just be like using Snively, you know? You could have had an arc where where Snively just truly becomes the Joker, becomes blackpilled. There's nothing good in the world. He was used. But no, this is a sincere relationship, and they genuinely like each other. And I actually find that pretty refreshing. 
I do too. I feel like the, well, obviously this is like half spoilers because yeah, it's like we are basically telling you up front that Regina and Snively do not fuck each other over in the end. And Regina actually does care for Snively, right? Like they care about each other. So yeah, we're kind of spoiling that prematurely, but I feel like one of the biggest problems with a lot of villain team-ups is that they ultimately end up backstabbing each other, which isn't inherently bad, but it's like the idea that like, even bad people can't find love, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I mean, obviously bad people are bad people, <laughs> but the fact that they are like finding this weird solace in each other because they've both been living with people that they fucking hate is like, I think it's really cute in a weird, like fucked up way, right? Right, yeah. Now, with that conversation past us, in the arena, Khan finishes explaining the situation to Elias. Most of the ninja and clan leaders are still in the Dragon Kingdom, but a lot of them are here in the area to cement her takeover. And Sally apologizes for for everything, and Elias asks Antoine, help gather the council, let's handle the situation how we can. But this kind of angers Khan. What do you mean, handle? Like you handled Eggman? The fight isn't over here. And Sonic finishes the sentence. Yeah, it's just beginning. Hold it, though, Sally says. We got some work to do beforehand. And though Khan apologizes for his behavior, he does reiterate we have the Dominion to worry about now. Well, Sonic says, well, why don't we get in contact with the local freedom fighters of the Dragon Kingdom? And Sally says, well, there might be a few in Stormtop Village. Let let's see. Uh, you know the resistance groups, right, Khan? And as he says pretty solemnly, there aren't any. Well... Sonic offers for him and Khan to just go in there and take him out right quick. But Sally is like, yeah, yeah, no, that's not fucking happening. But, you know, Sonic says, I've dealt with them before. They're not tough at all. But they can't be pushovers if they just took over the Dragon Kingdom and also the Empire. But Khan offers to show Sonic, if he insists on being so fucking brash, I'll just come, I'll show you how out of your league you really are. And though Sally is not pleased with this, she insists this mission shall be for recon only. And Sonic agrees, but if we just happen to liberate Mobius along the way, it's a bonus. <laughs> it's a bonus, man. So Sonic leads the way out of the stadium, Khan following on his Nimbus cloud behind, and the people are cheering as they leave. And Khan mentions that, wow, dude, with that kind of an attitude, I can wonder how the princess can, be, can stand to be with you. And Sonic says, well, there's not much to understand. We're not exactly together anymore. Leading Khan to have a little bit of a look in his eye about that. He just says, oh, oh really? No, 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 no. Please, no, 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 no. I don't need, no. Uh -uh, bad, bad. No. Okay, so so to get rid of that, we switch back to the Egg Dome, uh, where uh, Snively and uh, Regina quickly separate as uh, Conquering Storm arrives into the throne room. Uh, reporting that Sonic the Hedgehog and Monkey Kong are heading for the city together. The two happily agreeing that this is a very wonderful turn of events. The fight for the continent will be over before it begins, and how considerate it is that they're showing up. And that's the end of that story. Now, we actually do have a story B. These, these are becoming a little rare now, but this is no time wasted, all right? So Flynn and Yardley did the art, of course. And when Espio was, uh, was running to the arena, this is where we're picking back up on, Nicole materializes next to him, asking, dude, what's going on? And he's about to answer, but he's interrupted with a warning from his instincts and throws a kunai to one lightning lynx of the Destructix. But he catches it, saying, buddy, you're getting real slow. 
but not that slow after he's blocking a kick from Espio. And Nicole thinks that there's something off, but I'm not detecting the rest of the Destructix. And Link says, hey, listen, I'm not here for any of that. I'm here on clan business, brother. Espio's just taken aback, like, what are you talking about? Well, the clan wars are long since over. The bride of the four houses rules over us now. Impossible. But it's the truth. She slew the Bride of Rich Knights and took the Yagyu clan for herself, and the other clans fell into place short after. And he refuses to believe this. The Shinobi clan would never, as Lynx, pulls out a little parchment to give to Espio. The Bride of Constant Vigil herself made orders to bring to Espio. Trust it to me, of course. And as he reads it, Espio realizes that, yes, this is for real. Lynx said that Conquering Storm saw value in an agent already established in the region. And Nicole, all the while, is trying to get information out of Espio, but simply says he can't tell her. Uh, the Freedom Fighters can't help, and unfortunately, I have to go fulfill my duties. And when he sees Sonic and Khan flying out to the Egg Dome, he asks Nicole, or he intends to Nicole to leave a message for Knuckles, but he pulls it back. Never mind. Goodbye, Nicole. And he leaves with Link's. And Nicole shouts to them, wait, wait, come back. I don't understand. They won't understand. As they leave the city, Lynx reports in that Sonic and Khan are on the way. He is with Espio as well, now half cast in darkness. And that's the end of, of 201. Okay, so obviously uh, this is a weird turn of events because we still don't technically have much context other than the fact that there are a lot of clans. Espio was belonging to a specific clan... And now that clan is being forced to work under the Iron Queen, this is a pretty interesting situation. So, I mean, it's often spoke about within, like, Japanese media that, like, shinobi and, like, retainers are often duty-bound. And I feel like this is something that's, like, pretty odd, pretty pretty obviously apparent that this is, like, sort of like an Eastern-themed arc, which mm -hmm. is kind of cool for Sonic. We've never really, we never really get that. So I'm all for it. But I, I do like this. I like that Espio is a central character. There is some drama with him. Yeah, I love Naruto, dude. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you just... Uh, you inadvertently just called uh, Espio Sasuke because he left the village. Hey, man, I, it, it's not me. That's Ian Flynn. That's on him. It's not. I'm just, I'm just calling it like I see it, man. Yo, yo, are we gonna we go get the sad bench song? The, the sad swing song? You know, you know the one? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a swing somewhere in Numa Metropolis. Yeah, exactly. SBO's got a brood, you know. He's he's got to he's got to think about uh, the fact that uh, all of his uh, all of his family members are dead and that his brother did it. So anyway, <laughs> fellas, it it is time for uh for our detour. Yeah, we're gonna be doing something a little different right now. So we're picking up on Sonic Universe. So remember the last time how we uh. How did you describe it? We were brought back kicking and screaming to the world of Mobius 25 years later. And yet again, now I have blood on my face because the kicking and screaming was that bad. We are back in the world of Mobius 25 years later. Now 30 years later. So before we get into this, I read this and I I'm going to give a preface because I feel like it. And I feel like it's important. The last time we were here, Ian Flynn was on janitor duty. And he was cleaning everything the fuck up. So, why did he feel the need to come back? You know, 
I can't really say why. I think I'll try to give an answer once we, like, finish these four issues, because I do have a little theory. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's my preface. You want to let's just go for it? Yes, but I also want to bring something up. Mm -hmm. Because I was thinking about this today before we were recording. Speed, I gotta ask you, how do you feel about romance in these comics? Uh... That's okay. a, I know it's a I know it's a hard question, but like I need to get your take on it because I feel like this this question is very important for this arc specifically. Like it's it's in the context of Sonic the Hedgehog, obviously it's not needed. It's not that I don't necessarily want to see it. I just think it's a little it's a little odd. Given the context of this specific art though, I, I just kind of see it as like this is kind of just part of the soup, you know? I don't hate that it's there per se. It's just kind of like, okay, this is coming with the territory. Like, I kind of know what I'm in for. And I take everything in life on a case-by-case -case basis. And to give a generalization, not a fan, but here, I'm not going to bitch and moan because, like, this is just kind of p part of the territory, unfortunately. Yeah. We are diving back into Pender's romance territory in a weird way where it's not Pender's writing it. It is nowhere near as cringy and awful. It's still kind of cringy at times. But I will say that, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with romance as an idea for Sonic characters specifically. But the problem is often how that romance has been portrayed and framed, and obviously because of how poorly Penders wrote every relationship in this series. The only one that I have ever really found any, like, legitimate good writing in, you know, obviously once Penders was out, was the Knuckles and Julie Sue stuff. Because their relationship is actually very natural, and it isn't something that comes from, like, you know, a weird place where you'll slap the shit out of your significant other because you're worried about them dying despite him being the protector of your entire fucking world. <laughs> so, that being said, I think that this set of comics is actually not horrible. However... <laughs> You can clean this pot as much as you want. Unfortunately, you can never get the stink off of it. There are some things that soap even cannot clean. Yes, and that is ultimately the problem with Mobius 30 years later. You can you clean this shit, but it's so it's so deep, it's so deeply ingrained that it's like you just have to try and get it out. But you can't. And that's that's a problem. With that being said, let's move on. Sonic Universe number five. Blin and Yardley, again, the creative team. So, we open on a news report. They're recapping the past five years. The five years of peace. This generation will have no trouble remembering the seemingly endless battles running from the Great War, the two Robotnik Wars, and the smaller conflicts in between. This war-torn Mobius was rescued and conquered by Shadow the Hedgehog in one fell year. And while his rule came with a form of peace, it came a brutal regime. When he married the beloved Queen Sally, people saw this as a form of relief from the king's strict rule and harsh punishments. The world capital was moved to the merchant city of Portal, Angel Island, and the royal family ruled from Castle Mobius. While the oppressed clung along, people saw Sally as the one light in the shining darkness, while King Shadow was feared, due in part due to his secret police, the Dark Presence. But then, five years ago, 
a coup led by Guardian Knuckles, head of the Echidna Police and the Chaotix, along with the newly appointed Guardian of Angel Island, Laura Sue, invading Castle Mobius, helped by the long-lost hero, Sonic the Hedgehog, who vanished sometime after the Second Robotnik War, to which I have to report now the reporter is tearing up, much akin to the uh, propaganda models in North Korea. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, i can't believe that, that this comic is just replicating the modern news cycle in uh, north korea so effectively so while sonic was thought long dead in the final conflict with dr eggman but true to his speed king sonic was quickly crowned the new king of mobius marrying his childhood sweetheart and the support for regime change was universal Sonic and Sally then soon introduced the kingdom, their children, Prince Manic and Princess Sonya, Sonya taking after her mom, Manic his dad, and will soon be celebrating the fifth anniversary of the coronation. Then we pull back to Sonic's living room with the family in the castle. Manic is excited to be shown on TV. Sonic amused that his son, Prince of the Whole World, is excited being shown on TV. To which Sally says, like, yeah, like father, like son, huh? <laughs> yeah, you got me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got him there. I, I Already one of the first things I want to note is that um, Sonic and Sally's children are uh, are not uh, absurdly cringe in this adaptation, uh, which is very nice because um, Jesus Christ, uh, Sonic's kid uh, in Mobius 20 years later was... Uh, Took a little too much after his dad. Let's leave it at that. God, don't remind me. This is, uh... Sally just notices how tense Sonic is. You, you good for tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Saving the world, I can do that, no problem. But public speaking, ooh, that's where I get my stomach in knots. But that's why they're taking the night off, as a knock on the door is heard. The kids don't want their parents to leave them alone for the night. But upon realizing that Laura Sue will be baiting, babysitting them, they're more than happy to spend the night with her. Which is adorable. It's very cute. It's very cute. I, when, when, when the kid's favorite babysitter comes through, it's always a good time. So, Sally and Sonic get ready for their dinner and a show date. And Laura Sue, the castle staff, has our numbers if you need us. But, ah, don't worry about it. I'm the whole guardian of this island, baby. I can handle two rugrats. A couple hours later, Manic and Sonya are running around the living room, having inherited their dad's super speed, and the place is trashed. If you want to put us to bed, you gotta catch us first like dad. To which Laura Sue uses her Chaos ESP to hold the two in place. Hey, that's cheating. She brings them to their room. Get tucked in, I'll be back in a minute. I just need to make a call. No pillow fights. So she steps out to her parents. How are the peace talks going? Knuckles says, well, they could be better. If Vector can keep the Missouri Separatists in line, maybe we can find even ground with Bill. Hey, how are the twins doing? Julie Sue asks. Oh, you know, just adorable as fast as ever. And hearing a flap in the back and asleep if they know what's good for them. Sonya started it. <laughs> and Julie Sue is thankful that Laura Sue was an only child. Oh, man, I don't know how I could have handled twins. And Knuckles saying King Sonic's twins, no less. Yeah, they're a handful, but they're fun, And uh, but I gotta get going. And they leave, and they say, hey, if you see the Prowers tomorrow, say hi for us, and they log off. So Laura Sue creaks the door open to check and gets hit in the face with a pillow, and the twins run out. Jailbreak! Jailbreak! If she gets you, she'll put you in the roboticizer bed! And Laura Sue decides to play along and gives them a flying pillow pummel attack. Very cute. Very, 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 very cute. We pull back to a rooftop in the city. 
a shadowy agent reporting that the Guardian is playing with the royal twins. This individual is reported as an agent of the Dark Eyes, the spy arm of the Dark Presence. Reporting, there are no guards on level C and below. Do we move in? Then at the base, we see Leon Da reporting. No. Pack up. Pull out. And one of the dark hands, the presence's foot soldiers, just asks why. I don't want to put the children at risk. They're innocent in all this. Keep this note in mind because, uh, you'll know. You'll know. You'll know. You'll know. I just want to. I just want to say right now that um, the fact that Linda is still up to her fucking cuck shit after so long because she's such a bitch and nobody likes her is like she just can't let fucking anything go. She can't let it fucking go. As I said previously, isn't this bitch a terrorist? Like she's just being more of a terrorist because she can't let go. Yeah, her, even her saying, listen, we only pursue the guilty, and my niece certainly is guilty. Her time will come, as will Knuckles and Julie Sue, as we see a rocket launcher being prepared into a briefcase, it being passed around. They will pay for dethroning King Shadow, and for keeping away what's mine. And we see a photograph of her and her son, Rutan, which obviously implies that she had to go into the shadows and can't be with her kid anymore. Yeah. I mean, at least that's a real motivation for once. Can't be with her kid, even though this was kind of her fault. Anyway, the next morning, the next morning, the crowd gathers around Castle Mobius, and we focus in on Tails and Mina, who are married, and we see their two kids, Melody Why? and Sky. Why? 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 Okay, this is, this is a moment that I did not understand. Why these two? Out of everyone. I don't get it. Okay. Where is the where is the okay, where's the connection? I don't this is the this is the this is fucked up, but maybe just yeah, well, maybe Mina saw Tails and like, okay, I'll take the seconds. <laughs> Damn, you really just implied that Mina went that Mina that Mina really said, Yeah, I, I fucked up with Ash, so I'm going for the rebound. Can we get can we get a Sag in the chat? <laughs> yeah, can we can we get a Sag in the chat? You know, casual Sag. Anyways, uh so, Mina's surprised to see the size of the crowd. It's twice the size of all of her concerts combined. Well, uh, nothing can beat royalty, you know. As Laura Sue glides down to see them, Mina happy to have run into her. And of course, she says, Mom and Dad, say hi. And she greets Melody and Skye. Melody very happy to see her, and Skye's a little, a little shy about it. He's just nervous, kind of like Laura Sue is. This is my first big assignment without the Chaotix backing me up. But Tails is like, ah... I don't think you need to worry. You brought down King Shadow on your own. You can handle today, no problem. And I'm confident that you'll keep us safe as we then turn to see a suspicious echidna holding a briefcase waiting nearby. We then see a lot more of echidnas. Team B setting up, taking a front as a hot dog stand. D team is nearby. Poor visibility as their front is selling balloons to kids. And the A team is taking their vantage point on a rooftop. C-Team is stuck in traffic, but Lane Dodd says, don't worry, the mission, still a go. Sonic is getting ready to do the speech. Mina and kids are excited to watch Laura Sue gliding over the crowd, saying she's ready for this, and Lane Dodd, missile launcher in hand, the teams are ready to go. The royal family walk out into a cheering crowd as King Sonic begins his speech. Laura Sue finds the echidnas on a rooftop and takes initiative. She throws one of them off, and one of them takes their lock rocket launcher to take aim to Sonic. While Sonic is saying, I want to thank everyone for welcoming me in the previous five years. In addition to the new family, 
The past five years have been great, but that's thanks to all of you. We all wanted peace, and we worked together to achieve it. While Sonic continues, Laura Sue takes down one of the echidnas targeting Sonic, but as one is knocked out, the other picks the launcher back up, and she tackles him, and while he's out, she notices that the launcher has no ammo. It was a decoy. And when Sonic finishes his speech, all Lane Da has to say is, pretty last words, as she takes aim, launches, Everyone in the crowd seeing the rocket flying to the royal family. Laura Sue can't use her chaos powers to stop it, and Sonic tells his family to run. But a rocket launcher is stopped and caught by a green orb and explodes within. The royal family is safe and sound. Laura Sue and Tails are flying in from behind, and she's amazed to see what she's looking at. And Manic asks his dad, hey, who is this guy? And we see, once again, our guy, Silver the Hedgehog. I came back to your present to save my future. That's end of five. Well, uh, so Silver's here now, which is somewhat fitting in a story about, you know, the, the, the future. Makes sense. Throwing Silver the Hedgehog is always a fun mix-up. Not going not gonna to complain or nothing. So why don't we see what's going to unfold? Sonic Universe number six. Flynn and Yardley, of course, the creative team. Later that night. Sonic and Sally have brought Silver into their living room. Took a while to put the kids to bed. You know, sorry about that. But Silver says, don't worry about it. They had a rough day. So Silver asks, hey, are, are attacks like this common to you guys? No, they're not. Should. They should not be. We've been celebrating five years of peace. So this kind of came out of nowhere. Sonic says it's been real quiet the past five years. But Silver comments that, well, your precious peace is about to come to an end. Something happens that's going to destroy my time 170 years into the future. And Sally kind of panics. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm reasonably sure. And look, if you're doubting me because I attacked Sonic before... Wait, you what? When? When did this happen? Well, it was like 200 years ago. I mean, like 30 for you. For me, it was like... And Sonic is just like, hey, hey, stop, man, look. One time traveler to another... Don't try to, like, create a timeline for yourself. It's just not worth the effort. And Silver asks, like, wait, what? you've time-traveled before? How? Uh, it's a long story! We, 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 we're not, we're just, we're just not gonna talk about it. It's, it's, a. Um, it's a long it's, story. It, it's a long story, bro. We, we don't, we don't like to talk about it. Nope. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your excuse? Uh, trade secret. Ah, okie dokie. Well then. So Silver mentions the events of today may be linked to the destruction of his time. So, any suspects? So Sally first mentions the Dark Presence. They're the leftovers of an old paramilitary group called the Dark Legion. Two divisions, the Dark Eyes, Espionage, and the Dark Hands, the Field Ops. But they've never done anything to endanger the world. You know, outside of, like, destabilizing the government, you know? That's small. That's small piece. Sonic mentions Leyenda. She was the leader of the presence when King Shadow was in charge and disappeared when I was crowned. We move to Laura Sue. She's interrogating someone, asking where Lane Da is, to which we see Rutan, her cousin. She's five years too late, he says. Oh, don't give me that. I know she contacted you in the years since. Well, she hasn't. And you and your cabal have chased her out of my life. So tell me everything, she says, or so help me, God. Oh, okay, bring it on. And at that scene, out comes running Dimitri. You're screaming at them to stop. Our families have fought each other for long enough. 
and drags Rutan back inside. Hey, why don't you try calling Sama? She's been trying to reach out to you. Like, come on. But he only says, butt out, grandfather, and runs off. And Dimitri mutters under his breath, just don't let the cycle repeat again. By the way, I also want to comment on something. This isn't going to get touched on, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. It's never addressed who Rutan's father is, but the common theory is that, look at his character design, right? He has white tips on his dreads, so a lot of people think that his dad might be Dr. Finitivus. Which, yeah. Oh, God, no, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about Linda getting piped. Oh, oh, God, no. I mean, my theory is that, like, that never happened. Maybe Linda never got it on with him, for fuck's sake, but... Maybe it was something that was like, yeah, this dude's like fucking powerful. I want an agent of that on my own. Steals DNA, uh, mix it with her own, makes a kid. But then in the years since, she kind of just looks at Root and is like, wait, being a mom is actually like kind of based. I like this kid. And then she just dropped the plan. I mean, it makes sense for her considering that she's a fucking crazy person. Yeah, the only her semblance of reality is having a child. Who would have thought? So Dimitri invites Laura Sue in. Why are you picking fights at this time of the night, young lady? She apologizes. Look, I wasn't looking to fight, but he comments like, well, whether it be you, Landa, Rutan, listen, you came here with something to prove. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree in your case. And she admits, look, my first big mission alone was botched. I, I feel like a failure here. And Dimitri tries to park her up. You're against one of the hardest terrorist groups the world has ever seen. You were the one to take down King Shadow too, you know. Well, how's that supposed to make me feel better, huh? And Dimitri responds, It shows that despite the odds being stacked against you, you have the power to rise against those odds. And when you're overwhelmed, you have friends to call back on. Something that I like, and have always actually really liked about the 25 years later and 30 years later adaptations, right? The good ones. Good quotation marks. (laughs) Um, I like the idea that Dimitri is redeemed. Because he wasn't, necessarily somebody who was like this horrible awful person the entire thing about his bullshit was just like we just like cybernetics bro yeah we're gonna take it to the extreme but like you guys fucked us over and i like the fact that he's kind of reconciled and said you know what we fucked up we fucked up real hard so if everyone's gonna be okay then it's fine. It's not even like a cut your losses sort of thing. It's just more of like in the years since he's made peace with like what's happened and what's become. And it's just like, you know what? Uh, I'm just a head orb, man. I'm just going to like vibe until like I turn off. I'm cool with it. I am going to simply sit in the orb and vibe. <laughs> so back in Castle Mobius, the living rube with Silver, Sonic and Sally. Silver suggests, okay, well, why don't we try calling the Freedom Fighters to deal with these guys? And Sally says, look, we disbanded them years ago. We kind of had to do it to placate Shadow, unfortunately. Silver just mutters and, okay, well, maybe she could be the traitor then, but with the timeline doesn't add up. And then when they hear him muttering, it's like, huh, what's that? That, nothing. Um... Uh, what else can we do? Uh, who else can we call on? The Chaotix, huh? Well, they're kind of on their own mission right now, but Sonic mentions that we're meeting up with some former Freedom Fighters tomorrow. I'm sure the band won't mind getting back together. Then we move. We see Tails opening his hotel room door, saying, wow, that was the fastest room service I've ever expected, and he's immediately gassed by a presence member. He's out cold. Oh. Oh, we're just gassing motherfuckers now. 
Okay. Tails just ordered a sandwich and he got sleep. Yeah, that bitch, that bitch sleeping. So Mina takes the kids, busts out, you know, using her super speed, drops the kids off on the street, basically saying, go find help. An officer, a guardian, somebody. The kids are basically kind of in disbelief. Uh, She runs off. Mina comes back, tries to fight, but gets captured by one of the Dark Presence members and uh, is promptly knocked out. Uh, Team E checking in. Uh, Adult guests are asleep for the night. Kids are having a night on the town. Forget about them and secure the room. Obviously says Linda on the other end. Now, while Laura Sue is walking back to the castle, she sees some Dark Presence members trying to sneak in. And while her instincts are to rush in head first, she remembers that that kind of action almost cost the royal family their lives. And so, I think it's the time to put Uncle Espio's training to the test. Inside, Sonic, Silver, and Sally are trying to make something work as a maid comes in asking if they need some refreshments. Sonic and Sally say, we don't want anything right now. You know, can't have chili dogs at it at all hours like I used to anymore. Silver asks, uh, doesn't want anything either, but the maid comments how you, you're the brave and mysterious stranger who saved the king with his amazing powers, weren't you? Uh, I, well, I, I don't know about amazing. Well, we can't have that, as she reveals his sleep gas gun and knocks out Silver. Literally gassed him up only to gas him. Two for one. Two for one. So, uh, Sonic corners her. You know, two years is a long time to be a sleeper agent, as he takes the gun and knocks her out cold too. So, Sally looks over. Silver's fine, he's just, he's just sleepy. Given Lane Daw, she wants to deal with this personally. So, here's the plan. Sally, take Silver and the kids to the panic room. I'll deal with the presents. But Sally refutes. Listen, I was next to King Shadow for many years. I'm no damsel in distress here. And Sonic thought, you know, he figures, well, a rocket was aimed at my head. And I just want to keep you guys safe. Oh, so while you go around and play hero again while we just sit around? Yeah, this kingdom and my family are more important to me by a long shot. So they angrily argue, kiss, Sonic runs off. Sally picks Silver up and says, yep, Sonic the Hedgehog winning arguments for married men the world over. Now that's a king. Based. Based. What you gotta say? Happy International Men's Day, folks, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) At the time of this recording, that was like yesterday. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So Sonic runs into the hallway, finding Laura Sue, who fought off the presence agents before. Ooh, you gotta be quicker than that, your majesty. Sonic calls the leftover behind her. Homan attacks them out cold. Laura Sue is just like, whew, you gotta teach me that move, man. Sonic says, well, sure, you know, Saul in the legs. First you gotta, then a turret aims for them. The security system's been compromised as they dodge laser fire. Lane Dom might have some kind of backdoor access to it. And Sonic comments, man, and I thought Knuckles was just being paranoid when he wanted to redo the system. Yeesh. So the two break out from a window. Sonic once again doing the callback. Let's do it to it. And Laura Sue catches Sonic as she glides down. Wow, man, were you really that corny back in the day? And they have a little back and forth. She's amused. And when they land, that's where they run into Melody and Sky asking for help. They catch him what happened on what happened to their parents. But no echidna officer could help them. They're too busy dealing with partiers. Once again, cops being useless. This is, what, the third time we've run into this? Laura Sue's panicking that they could be at a disadvantage without Tails and Mina's help. But Sonic just says, hey, listen, relax. Kids, I've dealt with people like this before. Your parents are just tied up. Nothing to worry about. We'll rescue them. And uh, Miss Guardian, I think you need to pull yourself together, right? Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Uh, Laura Sue says, yeah, look, maybe Argyle can help us out. 
Vector's son. You know, he's a good friend. So she says. Well, lead the way. So back in the castle, the presents report to Lanedaw. The prowers have been confined. The castle staff are being contained in their rooms. A security system at your command. Royal family plus one, unknown section of the castle, which he figures is the panic room as long as they're holed up in there. That's fine by me. King and guardian still at large, but no matter. Bring the chaos siphon. Follow me. As they go into the catacombs of the castle, Lane Da says we will put an end to this pitiful regime. I don't care what stability the queen brought. Under King Shadow, things got done. Which gotta say, goddamn that's some fascism in my Sonic comic. You just lay it on thick, Ian. What the hell? Wow. They don't see the chaos that's on the horizon. So hope you people enjoyed the five years of R&D. This world will be saved. Her family returned. She looks at the capsule in the catacombs. Who was it that made these horrible fires that hold you? Knuckles? Miles? That horrible Kintobor woman? The siphon is set, and it fires. Vitals are stable. The Matrix is deteriorating. He's coming out of it. And a voice comes out, recognizing Lane Da. My sincere apologies, Your Majesty, for holding you up for so long. Let the reign of King Shadow begin anew. That's the end of number six. It, it, I find it a little strange how we had a fantastic arc with Shadow Prime that was a moment of like reflection and self-discovery. The editors at like at Archie just like did a line and just like, yo, 30 years later, put Shadow in it. What if what if he's just a fascist now? What what if he's just what if he what if he's just a fascist? Mamma Mia, Papa Pia, Sonic Universe number seven, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. So now we see Sally bringing Silver and the kids to the special Heidi room. This isn't a game, Sonya says. Or, yeah, she says, this is not a game. We just got to go. And Sonya asks, hey, who's this guy you're carrying? Silver, who was knocked out by the enemy. He saved us, you remember? Yeah, I do. Wait, enemy? And then she turns around. We better just go ask them to leave. As Sally grabs her. No, we go where it's safe. And Manic complains that he needs to use the restroom. We got to get to the panic room. I mean, Heidi room. By the way, where's dad? Well, sure, he's safe. He's, uh, he's gone to get help. And now we move to Laura Sue meeting up with Argyle. You know, he's happy to help despite it being so late and greets King Sonic. While he does the whole Your Majesty type of deal, he tells him, stand down. No time for formalities. He meets up with Melody and Sky. Don't know them personally, but I know your parents. Nice to meet y'all. Miles and Mina got caught by the presents. The Chaotics are too far to call back on, and the castle is in lockdown. So, while my family is safe, we're up against odds. So that's where Melody exclaims, We are putting the Freedom Fighters back together. And Argyle says, While Laura Sue called looking for a safe house, I took the initiative, called some friends who were in town. And they start to step out. Uh, Sonic, a little surprised to see who they are. Meanwhile, in the catacombs of Castle Acorn, Lane Da welcomes back Shadow, who just asks what's going on. Last thing he remembers was fighting Laura Sue in the throne room. It's been five years since, and to his shock, this device has been keeping your stasis in play. And in the time you were sleeping, the queen remarried and had twins. And while Shadow walks away, orders follow and keep talking. She says that the presence has tried to destabilize things, but the chaotics and popular opinion have kept us at bay. But with you freed King Shadow, you can take back your rightful place. But he says, no. No. He's opening a locked room with the voice override code, Maria's Wish. Little on the nose there, but all right. 
Uh, okay. Shadow says regaining control isn't enough. The world must be punished for its inaction and my disgrace. And Landa, looking at what Shadow is with genuine fear, no, not with that. Back to Argyle's house, we see his guests, the two Jacques and Belle de Collet, Bunny and Antoine's children, who each have an, an arm and a leg roboticized. And Jacques uses his arm for a sword. Belle has a mega buster like her mom. So, number one, this, I think this is my favorite addition to the cast. It's it's cute that um, clearly a side effect of uh, Bunny uh, not being able to be de-roboticized is that their kids did inherit the biomechanical traits that Bunny had. And, you know, Antoine isn't... I don't think Antoine is shown in this comic, but he's probably more than okay with it, too. The fact that, you know, his son has robotic parts and his daughter has robotic parts, and it's like, it's it's a fusion of, of that of that harmony, and I think that's actually really cool. I like their characters. They're, I do. They're most... They're mostly, um, they're mostly like kind of stand-ins for, uh, for Antoine and, um, Bunny, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really nice regardless. Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's a beautiful thing. Like I said, my favorite addition to the cast here. Sonic is ecstatic to see them. How are your parents doing? Oh, just all right. You know, we were planning to take a, to visit the castle tomorrow, but given the call, we are here to serve your majesty. And by the way, another fun thing about these two, they don't really like, they kind of take both from their parents. So they kind of both have tendencies to speak with both a French accent and a Southern accent at the same time, which I think is hilarious and fantastic. So with Melody and Sky joining in to fight, Argyle's on backup support. I can pirate the Dark Presence's signal, keep you all in line. The Freedom Fighters are back together. Let's do it to it, Sonic says, as Argyle fanboys over him saying the line. <laughs> cute, cute little moment from uh, from Argyle. Seemingly a pretty big nerd, which uh, I, I like, I like, I like. So, in the catacombs once more, King Shadow walks up to a glass orb with the glowing green liquid to chaos. Can you hear me? And out comes a shape formed like to call. It's been so long since I've had company, and I'm so hungry. I understand. I've come to release you. And Lane Dawes pleading with him, don't do this. I brought you back to reinstate your stern rule, not this. She's too much. And all Shadow does is just look at her spatial armband, which protects her from changes to the timeline. That, yeah, that sure is what it is, Shadow, but why? As Shadow grabs her arm, breaking it in his hand, and she fades away her last words being Rutan's name. So I just want to point out that Shadow literally just killed this bitch. I mean, did she kill him, kill her or unperson her? That's a difference. Both. Yeah. 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 Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. So Shadow decides, eh, fuck it. Now let's reintroduce you to the world. Also, I, I, we, ha we have to mention it. So obviously it's pretty heavily implied. We don't have the full explanation yet. We'll get it in a second. But T-Chaos is... How do you feel about this? This idea that because the chaos, the, the, the chaos energy in the Master Emerald was, was so compact that they eventually just fused? I mean, it's a little weird to me. But at the same time, like, how can I explain this? 
it's sort this can be analogous to how like metal gear rising is to metal gear solid in which this is a story that's removed so far ahead in the future it doesn't affect anything before it so honestly i don't care yeah i don't really care either it's it's cool i guess but it's a weird plot thing to bring up but at the same time it's like you know what this isn't gonna affect anything so like whatever whatever now we're outside the castle gates a dark eyes agent again reporting something moving really fast. Oh, oh Jesus. Uh, Sonic, Bell, and Jacques fly in head first to the castle. Argyle tells Laura Sue. Wow, they really got their attention. So your team is in the clear. So she, Melody, who has inherited her mom's super speed, and Sky, who inherited his dad, Twins Tails, go up the tower, entering a window. Sky, though, is still learning to fly and can't do it like Tails does, so his flight path is kind of jittery, and all he can really do is just spin around like a top, and he's always dizzy after he flies. Still, they're there, so Laura Sue leads them down into the castle. They find a Dark Eyes communication hub with a few guys in there, so Melody just figures I'm quick enough to trigger alarm, so come on. I'm quick enough to go in there before anyone can trigger alarm, so come on, let me at him, let me at him. But Sky offers to stay behind while that fight would go on, but Laura Sue offers uh, an alternative idea. Uh, Sky, you go in first. And with his uh, unique flight style, the boy moves around like a top in the air, spinning wildly and knocking out all the spies in the room in a matter of seconds. And when Sonic's group gets to the front door, Jacques is hesitant to damage it, but Melody comes in saying everything's fine and opens the door for him. Sky and Laura Sue are working to get the defensive grid down, so Argyle, you got a line from Sally yet? Uh, not yet, sir, but she and the family are in the panic room, so I'll keep trying to get through. But, uh, get down into the catacombs. I don't know what's going on there, but there's something big. Hold on. Uh, wait. One thing at a time. Defensive grid. How's that going? As Laura Sue ties up the presence members, Sky is told to shut down the grid, but he says, uh, I, I don't know how to do that. Dad could, but I, I kind of need a manual. Well, Laura Sue says, let's do it my dad's way, as she just punches the control panel into pieces. Well, dad wanted to do redo the security anyway. Powerful. Very powerful. So, Argyle gets through to Sally. She's being patched in. How are the kids? Well, they're fine, and there's monitors in here, so Manic was enjoying seeing his dad and friends fight their way through. And Silver's starting to come, too. So, Sonic then asked, okay, I was told about the catacombs. All I really know is the dungeon, but what else is down there? Well, uh, we kind of use the catacombs to, you know, contain really dangerous threats like E-107 Theta, the Anarchy Barrel Bomb. I'll, I'll, uh... touch, on, I'll touch on that in a second. Hold on. And the last thing we see to Chaos, removed from the dome, begging for some Chaos energy to feed her as Shadow's taking off an inhibitor ring more than intending to do so and the presence members behind him are looking really nervous now they say that sonic retook the castle but shadow says ah whatever it won't do much good now and with chaos charged hand he gives chaos energy to to chaos but shouts it's too much i'm losing control as she's growing in size becoming more and more monstrous the presence members panic and run fall back evacuate the island king shadow is going to destroy us all and in the castle halls sonic tells the freedom fighters all right now this is the time to face some resistance from the presence right about now as they see them running in the opposite direction and with a rumble coming from below sonic says ah 
Well, this is usually not a good sign. As the hull breaks in half down the middle, water rushing in, Jacques saving Melody, Belle taking Sonic and Laura Sue, holding on to Sky, and now we see the cause of the problem. Well, you know how you were worried about the front door, your majesty? You can stop worrying about it now. Now we see the monster is perfect to chaos. That's the end of number seven. I like that um, uh, Shadow just goes full ape shit and says, uh, fuck it, we ball. And then just says, yeah, uh, to chaos is a thing and they can go perfect. So uh, not even with chaos emeralds anymore. Just Shadow just decided to juice her up a bit. A little too much. Too much juice here. Too much, too much sauce. What am I? This is not an XQC stream. Too much juice. No juicers. I enjoyed my stay. Well, to chaos didn't. No. Sonic Universe number eight. Flynn and Yardley, of course, the creative team. And uh, without saying, this is the last issue we've got for today. Perfect to chaos. Ravishing the castle. Sonic just asking what in the goddamn this thing is. And Laura Sue just says, man, to chaos. The poor dear. Uh, to chaos? As in to call plus chaos? Exactly. Do you not remember the Ixus resurgence or the elemental war? Jacques asked. Uh, no. I wrote myself out of reality when I went back in time to fix it. Sue me. Long story short, to call fused with chaos and becomes very unstable when exposed to chaos energy. And Laura Sue's sensing a lot of that right now. We sealed her away for everyone's sake, but how did she get out? And how did she get so much chaos energy? Who knows, but I kind of doubt the Dark Presence would be crazy enough to unleash her. But Sonic kind of just dismisses all that. Right now, we got an island and a planet to save. Now we move to the catacombs. We see Shadow protecting himself in an air bubble of chaos energy. Apologizing to Maria. Sorry I could not bring about the peace she wanted. I tried to lead by force and I was rejected. I promise I would bring you peace and they only want anarchy. To chaos will ravage the world clean and when they have learned their lesson, I will return and lead them to the peace that you wanted for. I'm not a fan of this. Not no. a fan. No, no, no. This is easily the worst written part of this entire thing. Probably one of the worst writing bits that Ian Flynn has ever done. This feels really forced because we had a whole arc about Shadow moving on and now it's like... Mm, what the fuck, man? Look, I can at least give this a pass on account of the fact that technically this is supposed to be an alternate future of an alternate zone technically speaking but it's also still kind of presented as if this is the future but super regardless forget about all that i i don't know what this came about from in all honesty i don't know why we're seeing this right now but whatever let's just keep moving i don't have time for this yeah i don't have time for this either jesus christ all right uh to chaos here isn't exactly perfect per se we don't have any chaos symbols to work with so what can we do Laura Sue thinks, well, we can try using Takal's prayer to neutralize her. Cool. Argyle, get the police to evacuate the city. And they're already on that. Okay, cool. Laura Sue, lead the Freedom Fighters to handle to chaos. But, but really? You, you want me to do it? Yeah, sure, why not? No better person, right, Guardian? I gotta save my family from a crumbling castle. So she collects herself. Jacques and Belle, frontal assault. Keep her moving. Melody and Sky, run interference. Freedom Fighters, move out. Now Sonic rushes up the debris to find his family. Silver, still a little dizzy. The kid's so excited to see their dad. And Sally's just remarking, wow, you're pushing 50 and you haven't changed a bit, huh? Silver wakes up fully now and says, yeah, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I knew this was going to happen. Uh, look, uh, does this situation match your future, buddy? Tracy says, pockets of civilization struggling against a global sea that seems to have a grudge. 
yeah, I'd say this fits. <laughs> ah, seems close enough, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, I took your advice and I got some new Freedom Fighters. You back to full power? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. All right, cool. He picks up Sally and Sonic turns to the kids. All right, guys, we're going to play follow the leader. You ready? So now they all jump down, surfing on debris down the waterfall. And Sonic asks Argyle, you got an update? Uh, not so much. We got a lot of comms traffic right now, but the Echidna police seem like their evacuation is going slow. But honestly, things could be worse. Buses are en route to Echidnaopolis and shuttles are being prepped to escape the island. To chaos is on the city limits, but damage is pretty minimal. No injuries, thankfully. The Freedom Fighters are holding her back but they're doing all that they can to not get killed out there. The Chaotix can't be reached, so there's no backup. But the Dark Presence actually contacted me and renounced King Shadow. They're helping out with the evacuation efforts and even freed Tails and Mina, so you guys are going to have some backup soon. And while Jacques is about to get slammed with a tentacle, Melody rushes in to save him, and he is uh, very appreciative of that. Uh, one thing about this character is that he is a serial flirt, which I'm sure Antoine is very proud of. Yeah, he's exceedingly horny. It's uh, very, very in line with his uh, father when he was a, uh, a cowardly Frenchman. But uh, thanks to Bunny's Southern Courage, that's the that's the mix. That's the mix-up. Yeah, so so he actually has the balls to back it up, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it. I like it a lot. I like this guy a lot. Yes. Bell does the same thing to Sky as he's going a little overboard on attacking. Laura Sue glides up to Takeos, trying to appeal to her, but she can't really hear her and swats her down. Tails flies in to catch her, saying, yeah, you're not, you're not going to give up here. You're holding your own real good out there. We got to soften her up a little bit more as they both fly up to punch the monster's neck. And Mina runs in, saving her kids from being smushed by a tentacle. And she's angry as to why they're out there. And Melody says, well, the king made us part of the Freedom Fighters. We want to help. And Mina is little touched. Oh, when did my little kids grow up so fast? But I'm going to have to talk to Sonic about this as they run together into the fight. Well, and Mom, you can't just talk to the king like that. Sure I can. Got a history. Jacques is downed, Bell trying to call out to him, and both are about to get crushed as Silver uses his psychokinesis to hold the tentacle in place. No one dies today. I'll save my time. I'll save the past. I'll save everyone. Very good Silver line, I think. Definitely can hear Pete Capella saying that. Yeah, you can hear you can hear the conviction. You can also hear the Jaden Yuki in that. Uh, if you if you look deep enough. So on a rooftop, the royal family is watching the fight unfold. To chaos is stopped, but there's no advancement on stopping her. So Manic tells his dad, "Hey, why don't you just hit it in the brain like you did before?" Before? Yeah, Sonia says. You know, like you fought perfect chaos before when you were young. When I was young. Yeesh. Uh, but Sally says, well, your biggest fans do have a point, and Sonic thinks it's a solid plan. Argyle, patch me through to everyone. He runs down the building to, to chaos. Guys, I need a clear path and a shot at the head. If I can get enough speed behind this pit, this will all be finished. But, as he's running up, to chaos noticed Sonic running up on her back, and fires lasers out of her eyes? A direct hit to Sonic. He falls down dazed, but he notices... A flash of blue and pink running past him, and the two figures hit to chaos right on the brain. And it comes to be revealed that the final blow was done by Sonic's toddler children, Sonya and Manic, hand in hand. Very cute, very cute little picture perfect finish. The next, the next generation. It wasn't Sonic who saved the day, it was the next generation of kids. That's a it's a nice little message right there. 
And as Chaos dissolves into water, Laura Sue walks toward her. The servers are the seven Chaos. You never wanted to cause harm. You suffered enough today. Rest, dear friend. Leaving Takal's resting body on top of the puddle. So Sonic turns to Silver. Hey man, thanks for catching my kids. Yeah, barely. They were going real fucking fast. Holy shit. And they're hyped as hell about this. Even Manic wants a round two. Uh, the kids are have more than lived up to the title of Freedom Fighters. Tails even remarking to Sonic like, Who man, this is just like old times, huh? Yeah, it sure is. I don't remember my back hurting like this though. Jesus Christ. Sonic goes to Silver. So we can call this a crisis averted, yeah? Uh, yeah, as far as this point in time goes. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, while we're all here, uh, quick question. Do you remember any of the Freedom Fighters growing rogue on you? No. Time travel's weird, man. My own place in this timeline is sketchy at best. So Silver calls it, uh, fair enough. I must go back to my time. I leave the rest to you, Sonic. And as they shake goodbye, Silver pulls out the yellow time stone and says, Kronos Control. And with a bring of light, flash of scion, he's gone. Now, I, 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 minor point, I did not realize that was the yellow time stone, but that's pretty cool. And yeah, Kronos control as well. This is something that's also going to be followed up upon. So guys, put a pin in this. Yes, put a pin. As he's gone, Sonic and Sally walk together. That's a big promise you just made, King Hedgehog. Yeah, but I think we're up to it. And hey, the Chaotix have a new team to rely on as well. And the group does a little action pose together. The new Freedom Fighters are ready for anything. Lord Chu timing in saying, don't worry, Argyle, you're here with us in spirit. And while the story ends there, we have a little epilogue. We move back to the present time. We're in Down Under, the crater that was left when Angel Island went aloft. We see a shadowy figure, a ring portal opening nearby. You were right, Doctor. The island will be over us by tomorrow. And the figure asked, How are you handling the anticipation, Grandmaster? Personally, I am dying to see Knuckles again. Said by Dr. Finitivus, stepping out of the ring. And that's the end of number eight. And that's the end of all the comics we've got for you tonight. So, obviously, um, the next set of Sonic Universe issues will clearly be dealing with some... Interesting subjects, but we'll deal with that when we deal with it. Um, Speed, how, how'd you feel about the comic set tonight? Well, number 200, raw. Un- unapologetically raw, have nothing but good things to say about it. The fact that it was basically just a twisted version of not just issue 50, but also issue 175. Very, very smart writing by doing it like that. Ian Flynn, more than props to you. Love this a lot. Now, on the other hand, uh, the Sonic Universe stuff of Mobius 30 years later, not a fan, but I want to be kind in saying that I'm not a fan. We've already talked about this more than enough. I I feel I don't want to repeat myself, but we've come to know that the 25 years later stuff wasn't, it's not the best that the comics have ever offered. Not the best, folks. They were not sending their best, but I can put it like this. The original 25 years later set of comics... One out of five stars. Not fun. Not a fan. One out of five stars. The little epilogue that Ian Flynn did with uh, Return to Mobius 25 years later and Sonic coming back, all the timeline stuff, yada yada. It's a little bit better, but again, doesn't really help. The foundation's not solid. That's a two out of five stars in my opinion. Now, Mobius 30 years later, I gotta give it like a three, three out of five stars 
three and a half if I'm being really kind about it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it comes down to being a cute little, uh, cute little story that doesn't really, um, matter that much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and I mean, I can say that, like, pretty, pretty kindly. Um, it's definitely still working with the shitty base, so it's rough, but overall it's, uh, it's pretty solid for, for what it is. But again, it's, it's not, it's not the best work that this company has ever offered. Issue 200 is great. Issue 201 is good. I mean, uh, 98 and 99 are also pretty good, so. As far as my ideas go, I mentioned this a little earlier, I'll at least bring it up before we go. A part of me thinks, a part of me thinks that Ian Flynn kind of wanted to go another way around with the 30 years later stuff because remember we kind of left shadow to his own devices there was no callback all they did was just defeat to chaos and then that's it they didn't even know that shadow was let out so a part of me thinks that ian flynn maybe and maybe this was never planned but an inkling of what he wanted to leave behind was maybe set up a situation where they go back for another cup another story where they perhaps deal with king shadow and all of that and also another thing i want to comment on remember in the last episode aaron when you mentioned with regards to the moabius stuff and ian flynn wanting to do another section there with an all-out war yeah the i mean i would assume the anarchy barrel bomb was uh was kind of a tease to that wasn't it i think so too you know what let's just have some fun here let's theorize what could that bomb have been because my idea is that perhaps this bomb was set up was made by miles and all their ilk to kind of like poison mobius and like maybe poison the chaos emeralds to the point where they could be like nullified or corrupted as if they were anarchy barrel leaving that trump card removed so they're thinking okay sonic can't go super now so we can like have our way and whatever comes of that comes of that yeah yeah that was uh those sure were some comics, weren't they? I mean, the teaser. Uh, this is what we're going to leave off on, folks, unless you have something you want to comment on, Aaron, with these lovely comics. Join us next time where we talk about interpolitical uh, Eastern conflict, have some weird flash from the past moments, and, uh, of course, uh, if we decide to cover it, uh, some Knuckles Entertainment. Uh, I think because... that is. Hold on, let me check. So, yep, we will be covering 9 and 12 of Sonic Universe, the Knuckles The Return Saga. And boy, if that is not a double entendre. Yeah, um, we're going to have a lot of things to deal with. Yeah, so, fellas, let that be your teaser for the next episode. Thanks for coming on to the Archie Sonic Digest. We will see you next time when the comics come in and present the most bold question I think anyone, any living, breathing human on this planet has ever dared to ask. What if the Knuckles comics were good? See you then!